You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show trade deadline coming this afternoon. It will have come and gone after we're on the air, but a little action here on Tuesday morning, Matt, to get into before we cover the rest of the games from Week 8, as was the case yesterday, another pass rusher on the move today, and it involves your Pittsburgh Steelers, my 49ers also making a move, and some other rumored moves uh, we can get into a little bit here, but we'll cover the rest of what actually happens at the deadline on tomorrow's show, since the deadline is after we are on the air today. But who knows, maybe another blockbuster happens while we're recording this podcast, Matt. That was fun yesterday, seeing the yeah. seeing the Von Miller trade go down in real time. At BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL is where you can hit us for tomorrow's show and get some questions in post-deadline. Uh, how are we feeling about the latest move here, the Pittsburgh Steelers? It, it had been rumored, and now it is official that a sixth-round pick is coming back to Pittsburgh and edge rusher Melvin Ingram on his way to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I kind of talked about it before. I mean, he was unhappy here because he wants to be a starter. Um, he's behind Highsmith and Watt. And, but he's played quite a few snaps, and those guys have missed a little bit of time. They've rotated him in quite a bit. I don't know if there's more to the story than that or not. But, I mean, if the Steelers would have kept him and used him for the rest of the year, let him hit the market, they probably get more than a sixth in return just from comp picks, but a year later. So, I mean, it doesn't do much. You get them off the books, and you can use that money somewhere else. I mean, I guess there's some value to that. But I think he can help the Chiefs. I guess they had to uh, save a little money so they could sign a new kicker because Boswell went on the injured list after that hit he took, and Josh yeah. Lambeau, the new kicker uh, in, in Pittsburgh for the time being. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to spend a lot of time on kickers, <laughs> but I do think Boz is one of the best kickers in the league, and they play a lot of close to the vest, yeah. you know, games where kicking, ma- you know, every point matters. Uh, and it seems like all defensive ends all the time on the move so far with this trade deadline. Charles Amenehu, a fifth-round pick in 2019 from the Houston Texans. He's heading to the 49ers for a future late-round pick. So it sounds like maybe, a I don't know, a seventh-rounder in 2023 or something like that, which is essentially free defensive end depth for uh, a position that's pretty needed around the NFL. It's uh, you know nice little depth move, nothing huge. It's not like the Von Miller trade, but the 49ers get depth at defensive end for a prototype size, height, weight, speed guy in uh, in Charles Menehu. They can maybe kick inside a little bit, but for the Texans, I don't know, a cheap young player that doesn't seem like the type of player you want to move, that, and you're not really I getting much too. in return. Was like I, I like the player coming out of college, and it's like okay, you know, he's a young guy, he's got some talent, there's stuff there to work with. But why do the Texans insist on s- selling ev- anyone that you want? You know, I mean, just come to the flea market and take anybody you want. We'll make a deal. I mean, these are the type of guys I would think you'd keep. I mean, it's not like the return was much. Exactly. Yeah. Seven career sacks there. So not a world beater, but, you know, a guy who had started some games and, and it could give the 49ers some depth because basically it's uh, Bosa has seven sacks for the Niners and the rest of the team combined has nine sacks. So they absolutely yeah. need some more juice up front anywhere they can get it. Um, a couple of other rumored move deals or, or movements that could be happening around the league. Deshaun Watt or Deshaun Jackson wants out. And according to Mike Garofolo, uh, they probably will not find a trade partner in the Rams for Deshaun Jackson. So he will be 
released at the end of the day if no trade partner is found at the trade deadline. So Deshaun Jackson will be on the move. Where that is, if it's a trade or not, is the question. And it's getting interesting with Odell Beckham. Uh, LeBron James, noted NFL enthusiast LeBron James and friend of Odell Beckham, he tweeted today saying, OBJ will show again why he's special. Wide receiver one, hashtag free OBJ. And there was an 11-minute video posted by the father of Brown's uh, wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr. If you're keeping score at home, that would be Odell Beckham Sr. Posted an 11-minute video on Instagram today, and it showed multiple times that Baker Mayfield, his quarterback, missed Odell Beckham Jr. and then was trash-talking in the comments. So, um, yeah, (laughs) a circus around Odell Beckham. I don't think they'll find a trade partner unless it's one of those deals where they pay his salary for another team to take him to get some draft picks because um, much like Von Miller and even less so than Von Miller probably, a player who who makes as much as Odell and hasn't been that productive and could be a problem for teams, they're not going to take on that salary and give you a bunch in trade. So I have my doubts that Odell gets moved, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple names floating around. I guess he's the biggest one not named Watson. Um, it just hasn't worked at all in Cleveland. Interesting that LeBron calls him out. And LeBron grew up in Akron. He's a big Browns fan. I mean, that's like right around the corner from each other, basically. Uh, he actually used to come to our Akron basketball games way back when. And we offered LeBron a scholarship when I was a pit to come play wide receiver. I guess he had other plans. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, but... Uh, that Browns drop back passing game is a problem Uh, and it starts with the quarterback, but the receivers aren't helping. I mean, that is a, an area of worry for the Browns. I mean, maybe they should be in the market for a receiver. I I don't know, but it's, it's worrisome. Um, You know, a a guy we saw last night, Evan Ingram, another dude here from Pittsburgh, Eric Ebron. If you've, you know, both ease as a tight end, I think you're on the block, you know, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be a couple other names, So we're recording this at noon Eastern. We still have four hours. I'm sure talks are buzzing around right now. We will absolutely be keeping tabs on that and see if anything breaks while we're on the air. If not, we'll cover all the trade deadline action tomorrow. And Matt LaFleur, Packers head coach, did say they're shopping for a tight end. So Evan Egram, Eric Hmm. Ebron could definitely see one of those veteran tight ends going that way. Deshaun Watson, obviously a big one to keep an eye on as the trade deadline comes. I feel like he's not going to move if he hasn't yet. Uh, Hayden Hurst, another tight end. Marlon Mack, Darius Slayton. Uh, Kyle Fuller, those are some of the names that are out there. Uh, Let's get into these games, though. Let's cover what we missed yesterday. We didn't cover a lot yesterday because of the the breaking Von Miller trade, but uh, let's start with Monday Night Football and the Kansas City Chiefs, who held on. Didn't look great, but the Chiefs held on at home to beat the Giants 2017. And the Chiefs just are downright not good. They, they don't look great. They did beat a, a you know a 2-5 and five team, now 2-6 and six team in the New York Giants, but uh, just to get to 4-4 four and four for the Chiefs. But they just don't look right, and I expect them to, to turn it on. And luckily, they were my survivor pick and did win in this. Mm. But, man, I didn't feel super comfortable late in that game that Chiefs were going to pull this one out. No, me neither. I mean, I'm sitting going... Boy, the Chiefs are going to be three and five when when BP and I talk tomorrow. I mean, is, is they, you know, uh, on the outside looking in for the AFC playoffs. I mean, uh, could it get that bad for this team? And it was awfully close. Uh, I mean, everyone plays that too high, really deep safeties against them. And I'll give the Chiefs credit; they they ran the ball twenty seven times. You know, usually they want to run the ball twelve times. You know, or run the ball in, in the second half with a big lead. So. At least they took what the defense gave them. 
they weren't super successful doing it, but that you know that that reeled them in and had some normalcy. I, a couple things I want to mention about the Chiefs. I'm not ignoring the Giants. Tyreek looks back, and he was fantastic last night, and could have you know they could have had a couple other big plays. But I wonder, is Kelsey starting to look a little old? I mean, he's a great player. He just looks a little more awkward out there when adjusting the bad balls or after the catch. I mean, the bar was really high, but I'm just curious. Are we seeing the beginning of, of the end here? Or not the? I mean, that's, that's a rough statement. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. But, you know, they, they're hurting for other weapons. They don't have great running backs. It feels like it's everyone's going to focus on Tyreek. And if Kelsey catches eight for 75, so be it. And Mahomes is obviously to credit for this more than anything, but the turnovers for Kansas City are just remarkable. I mean, they have other problems, but if they could get their turnovers at least in check, you know, just not be horrendous and the worst in the league by a wide margin with turning the ball over, they'd be fine. They may not be great, but they'd be fine. I don't think this is a great football team anymore. No, they they are who no. they are now, and we've seen them for yeah. eight weeks, and they're 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 somewhat mediocre that way they're playing right now. And uh, I think you hit on some of it. They're, some of their best players, most important players, Patrick Mahomes included, is not moving around right. great. I feel like the ball looks heavier coming out of his hands than it has. Um, their best players, most important players, are kind of banged up, and their players that are you know the ancillary guys aren't really stepping up and making huge plays for that team. So. Um, it, it could be a little bit of an issue. And Patrick Mahomes, nearly, you talk about uh, turnovers, he almost threw the, the game away at the end there. He threw the interception, right. and O'Shane Jimenez had jumped, and it wasn't like Mahomes saw that and it was a free play. Like, that was a legit interception. Then after the play, Mahomes sees a flag on the ground. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There, I saw that. There was, there, was a, there was a penalty there. Let's bring it back. That, <laughs> he, got that away with nearly the, he almost threw the game away there. Yeah, he did. And he's always been a risk-taker. And he's lived on the razor's edge with those things. And maybe that was bound to regress no matter how great the player is. But some of this stuff, there's also a lot of tipped balls throughout the year. Balls that go through, you know, the well-thrown ones that go through his receiver's hands and right to somebody. So there's some bad luck too. But, man, they do not tuck the football away. And, you know, an Andy Reid coach team is usually a little more buttoned up than this. And the defense doesn't do anything really. I mean, the defense is flat out bad. I took the over in this game, and there were some blown opportunities. Um, I, I, I thought New York probably left some some points on the field. I expected a little more out of their offense. But all in all, they hung in there pretty well in a tough environment. We can't spend too much time on these games because we've got a lot yeah. to get to. But real quick note on the Giants, Joe Judge, the head coach, has had some really questionable uh, clock management stuff and, and burn timeouts at weird times, and he was asked about it, and he said – that there's been a league-wide issue, and especially for him in multiple home and away games where there's headset issues, and he said, quote, it needs to be fixed fast. And for Joe Judge, it definitely needs to be fixed fast or else it's going to be fixed for a different head coach the New York Giants. So, um, yeah, But yeah. it looks bad, and there's just so many obvious mistakes they're making clock management, and, and maybe that's why, but uh, I don't know. If it's bad for Joe Judge, I'm sure there's... Uh, there's headset issues for other coaches in the league too. So I I don't know what to think about that one. Yeah. I mean, if if, maybe Joe judge is totally innocent of, you know, and the the headset thing is a hundred percent correct. I mean, that's certainly the case, but if it were Andy Reid 
Or Pete Carroll saying this, you'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, I got a long history with these guys. I know what they are. But he's a young head coach, and he's never really been a head coach. Um, I'm just wondering if game clock management is not his strength, and I tend to think that's the case. And they could be sellers at the deadline here. Numerous New York Giants rumored to be potentially on the move. We'll see if that comes to fruition. More games to get to from Week 8, including the one that knocked out half of the remaining Survivor Pool players in the Peacock and Williamson Survivor Pool. We'll get to those games next. All right, NFL fans, there's an app out there that everybody needs to know about, especially those of you who get gas, which is probably most of you, especially those driving in the mornings listening to their favorite podcasts. And our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's 50 cents cash back on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card. Super easy. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that bonus of up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN on the GetUpside app. Matt, I want to take this opportunity to apologize to Matt, my Mike, see, I got his name wrong, Mike White, and oh, the yeah. entire White family. I badmouthed him as the the decision for him to be the backup quarterback of the New York Jets, and maybe he should be the starting quarterback of the New York Jets, the way he looked. 400 yards for an offense that could do nothing for the first seven weeks of the season, week eight. The New York Jets come out, lay 34 points, beat the Bengals, Mike White, 405 passing yards. He chucked it 45 times, completed 37 of those. A 107.9 rating, three touchdowns, did throw a couple interceptions, and actually um, it looked bad for them early, and they came thundering back on the back of Mike White. So uh, an interesting one, and it knocked out 54% of the remaining survivor pool entries in our survivor pool by the way so we started out with a little over 200 players we're down to 27 now after 39 of them went out with that Bengals loss in week eight i want to start with cincy first of all you know we saw tennessee lose to the jets team as well and you know can you just talk how we were talking about joe judge i mean i think that they're there's an art or a beauty to being able to keep your team up week to week or to learn how to truly be a, a, a winner in this league. And, and there's not, I'm not saying letdowns or take teams lightly because everyone in the NFL can play, but it's just, it's hard to keep your team up that is not used to winning and to learn how to win in this league. So maybe this is a valuable lesson for the Bengals and an embarrassing one. Their offensive line got dominated by a pretty good Jets front. You know, I mean, the the Jets, as you know, with Robert Sala, are going to be built on defense from the back, you know, from the, from front to back. And Quinn and Williams and some of those defensive linemen are really, really good. And I haven't th- I've been saying this for a while too that this Bengals O line, Burrow's kind of masked their problems this year. It's still pretty bad, uh, and, and it showed badly in this game. 
I mean, Cincinnati allowed 17 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, they kind of crumbled when it mattered most. But let's get to the Jets. I mean, especially White. He was highly efficient, and he didn't drive the ball down the field. And you'd think if he had 405 yards, there was five coverage busts, and their guys got behind him, and he hit wide open dudes. That's not what it was. I mean, it was read the defense very crisply, get the ball out of your hands, hit guys in stride, take what's there. A lot of dump offs, a lot of second reads. You know, the first one's not there, boom, hit the second guy. Let's do it again. You know, very, very efficient play. Probably will be the best game of his career. Who knows? But it's very eye-opening, very exciting. And I wonder, I, I always love this about the NFL. You have one good game like this. I mean, he could be Chase Daniel and be a multimillionaire now probably for the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is uh, huge for the resume for, for Mike White to continue to get paid and be a professional football player for a long time. Um and Michael Carter, to your point, it was Jameson Crowder, Michael Carter. Those weren't, you know, those aren't guys that you're chucking the ball deep down the field to. Breakout game for rookie running back Michael Carter, by the way. 15 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown on the ground, 5.1 yards per carry. But it was 14 targets in the passing game, nine catches, 95 yards there for Michael Carter. So leading rusher and leading receiver for Mike White's New York Jets. Yeah, Carter's very fantasy relevant, by the way. I mean, like, he's a starter to me. Um, a, a lesser version of like an Eckler or a Swift, you know, but he's going to be the guy in that backfield and he catches a lot of passes and he rarely leaves the field. So good stuff. I mean, we also saw a little bit out of Elijah Moore, one of my favorites, Crowder. All these guys are similar target depth. Again, quick, get it out. Boom. Hit this guy in stride. Make a play. Move the chains. Let's go. You know. Now five and three, the Cincinnati Bengals, four and three Steelers. Uh, we talked about that game yesterday. And then, the, like the Chargers at four and three now that lose to the Patriots at home. The Patriots are four and four. Patriots beat the Chargers twenty-seven to twenty-four. Like, can you make some sense of this AFC picture for me, Matt? No, I, I really can't. I, I don't know if the Patriots are good or not. You know, but I mean, before this game, their three wins were against the Jets twice in Houston, and they played some other good teams tight. Don't get me wrong. They sure seem to have the Chargers number. I mean, it's two weeks, two years in a row where Herbert's had a tough time. Um, maybe this is just the second week in a row for L.A. that, you know, styles make fights, that the, the Ravens are a bad matchup, the Patriots are a bad matchup. But that means you're not that great if there's all these teams that are bad matchups for you. I mean, their run defense for the Chargers is horrific. You know, we're talking about trade deadline. They should kick around, kick the tires for a nose tackle body type of some sort. And, and what Belichick did here, he actually feared Mike Williams more than he feared Keenan Allen. I mean, so he kind of took away the big play guy, make the Chargers dink and dunk it down the field. Herbert throws two interceptions, kind of looked, you know, a little befuddled at times. And the Patriots ran the ball well. Yep, catch it in front of you and make your tackles. They ran the ball 39 times on offense, the Patriots did. Wow. Damian Harris leading the way there with 23 carries and 80 yards and a touchdown. And, and Mac Jones didn't really need him to do a lot, and he didn't do a lot. Um, you know, 218 yards passing, 18 of 35, no touchdowns. And they just played a very Patriots game. And I think it's one of those uh, you put the cheese out there and, and you hope you let the other quarterback make the mistakes, and, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean – 
Belichick doesn't have a lot of talent, but boy, he's game planning well week to week. And this is the type of game they have to play, you know, make fewer mistakes. Don't lose the game. I mean, that's something that's a big Belichickism too, is we got to figure out how not to lose this game as opposed to we got to do all these things to win it, you know? And I, I thought that was a really good formula. I guess New England's in the playoff hunt. I mean, are they much different than Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincy, you know, the Chargers? I mean, these other teams in the AFC all fighting for seven spots. It's crazy. Their record would say they're in it. I have a hard time believing it, but they do have Bill Belichick. And uh, if you can beat a really good team like the Chargers, then uh, you can be in it, I think, if you're the Patriots. But, yeah, someone's got to step up in that conference. Um, let's let's switch over to the NFC. I might give us a really hard homework assignment. Okay. And you could veto it, but should we power rank the AFC? That yeah. would kind of be terrible. Just the AFC. Let's do that. Okay. I think I that will. would be fun. Let's do that for uh, the I'll show. do it. It's there's like ten teams that could go or twelve teams, that and could go. and now like the Jets are win a game. So even the the bottom of the list is hard. Like who's that team's gonna pick number one in the draft? Right, Houston. <laughs> Houston, yeah. I mean, but you have the Jaguars, <laughs> Houston, you have the and Detroit. Yeah, plenty of candidates right. there. Um, let's go to Chicago. An interesting game where Jimmy Garoppolo in front of, uh, I think he had a hundred friends and family there. He's from Arlington Heights area, where the new stadium I think is going to go for the Chicago Bears at some point. Um, but the 49ers went on the road and beat the Bears thirty-three twenty-two. I thought I, I liked what I saw from rookie quarterback Justin Fields though in this one. He made a couple of really nice throws, a couple of great runs, ran for a hundred yards. Um, some big plays there, but it was the, the better team that, that ended up winning that game. So I think it was a good sign for the Bears for Justin Fields to play well, and it was a good sign for the 49ers to be able to go on the road and, and win a stinking football game and get back in the NFC playoff race. Yeah, and the Niners aren't dead yet. You know, I mean, uh, the Saints issues and Minnesota losing, I think, bodes well for San Francisco to get one of those wild card spots. Um, was this Jimmy's best game in a long time? It sure seemed like it. Yes, and just yeah. the way he played, and he had two rushing touchdowns of his own, um, just playing football, you know, and, and I think he was pumped up maybe because of the hometown crowd there for him. Maybe he was pumped up because um, his job was on the line a little bit there and been bad-mouthed recently, and definitely it, it felt like a different vibe. It felt like the Jimmy Garoppolo who showed up after training under Tom Brady for so many years in 2017, Jimmy Garoppolo was really just an instant leader and, and vocal, and he was a little bit more like that and fired up in this game. I think that's the Jimmy Garoppolo the 49ers hope they had and they need, and he's on the sideline yelling at guys. I think that's really important that they get that fiery leader, Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think he got lost there for a little while. Yeah, and sure seems like Lance is going to be relegated to the bench for probably the rest of the year if all things go well. Um, Mitchell showed up big. Debo was a monster as usual. Mm -hmm. Bosa with two sacks. And Chicago's coming here Monday night, so I'm digging into the Bears intently. And I do think Fields hopefully turned a corner. The world would be a lot better if he's comfortable and getting better. And um, he did run more. A lot of those were scrambled and not designed quarterback runs, yes. which bothered me a little bit. But still, he's making plays at least. Mooney and Robinson aren't invisible for the first time in forever. Their defense is fine. It's not great. They're on the field a lot. Um, but, boy, do they allow sacks. Uh, I mean, I, I just come up, came up with this little nugget. The Bears are allowing 3.8 sacks per game. 
that's the worst in the league. And second worst is 3.2. I mean, that's a big gap. And I know a lot of them came against the Browns. But in the last four weeks, they've been getting sacked. Uh, last three weeks, they've been getting sacked 4.5 times a game. I mean, like, they, they got some pass blocking issues. Oh, yeah. The, the offensive line is oh. bad. I think scheme is bad. To be honest with yeah, you, the way yeah. they played with Matt Nagy out, I, I don't think you let him back in the building, to be honest with you. Right. <laughs> He's not that's helping your football team win games. And the you, Allen Robinson, there's you know rumors maybe he's going to be at traded. Darnell Mooney, even those guys, there's not a lot of separation for those receivers. I came away thinking, man, get Justin Fields some more talent to throw the ball to because that might be uh, an issue there as well. So he needs some help on offense, coaching, offensive line, maybe receivers. Uh, but getting the ball out quicker is, is key for him as he develops as a young quarterback. Uh, we got to move on to some more games. I got one little nugget, okay. though. This came from Next Generation Stats that they use this aggressiveness uh metric and that what it means is you're really aggressive if you throw into tight windows mm-hmm. well fields is the top of the list for the year in terms of having to throw into tight windows to your point you know and right that's yeah. that's too hard on a rookie quarterback oh yeah yeah that makes sense uh, and part of it's probably to, you know route combinations they could make easier for him um and then part of it is you know not a lot of separation and he's he's down More to, to, to grow, let it fly yeah. and still try to make plays yeah, absolutely. But yeah, you're right. I wouldn't let Gase back in the building. Right, exactly. Uh, we don't have to spend too much time on this one. The Dolphins falling in Buffalo to the Bills 26-11. The 1-7 Dolphins. That's another one that we have to talk about where they're going to get power ranked in the AFC. The Bills, I think, will be near the top. Are they all the way at the top? Still have a couple losses on the resume, though, at 5-2. and two. Just kind of handled business. Not uh, Didn't do a lot in this game. They just you know beat a, a team they're better than 26-11. to 11. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot for this one either. We could probably move on, talk about these teams, maybe even tomorrow. I thought Devontae Parker was a nice addition. Tua seems like he's playing pretty well the last three games, but still, I say this every week, makes two or three moves, interceptions that make you go, oh, man, what are you doing? Of course, the Dolphins don't run the ball at all. Maybe their defense is taking a step forward and is a little closer to last year's version than the abysmal unit they've been this year. I didn't think the Bills played great, though. Which is why things are so difficult to figure out in the AFC. The the teams you think are great don't show up and play great. So, uh, yeah, let's power rank those. I think that will be fun. And recap the rest of the Week 8 schedule next. Folks, in life, we're all bound for different things. With BeachBound.com vacations, you can be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or... You may you just want to be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, man, when when I'm at a beach or a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar, drinking my hand, maybe creating my own taco flight or having a good meal. Uh, as long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. But with beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you are looking for. So what are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. Let's move on to the Panthers and Falcons, which was somewhat of an ugly game, and it was the Panthers get back in the win column after starting 3-0, and their first win since four losses. 4-4 four and four now on the season, 3-4 and four Falcons. The Panthers came away with a 19-13 victory. I'm trying to figure out how Carolina won this game, I and mean, they had the ball 35 over 35 minutes. That's a big por- portion of it, and Atlanta turned the ball over twice. It seemed like a pretty evenly played game from what I saw, though. And, you know, th- this Ridley situation's a little worrisome. 
Uh, I don't think either one of these teams is a contender, but I know you've liked that Panthers D, and I do as well. Uh, they played a very good game, and the one note I did get out of it, which kind of affects both teams, was from what I saw and some things I've read and heard since then, they played a lot of man coverage with their new corner, Stephon Gilmore, on Kyle Pitts. You know, like Pitts better get used to being like the Revis treatment. Now. Right, yeah, especially if Ridley's not going to be playing. And right, Ridley right. takes himself out, um, mental health issues there that he's dealing with and took himself out and he stated my Peacock and Williamson fantasy lineup got me zero points that was that was a rough one I did not see coming on Sunday morning um Sam Darnold dealing with a concussion and he played okay you know rebounded wasn't throwing the ball to the wrong team didn't throw any touchdown passes but now he's concussed and so now the Panthers might have to start PJ Walker there's a lot of rumblings that maybe they could make the call to to reunite with Cam Newton but they might need a, a quarterback just an extra an extra body there at quarterback if um, if Sam Darnold doesn't pass concussion protocol. He might be out this week. McCaffrey has to be coming back sort of soon, right? And we'll look I at that later think, in the week. I'm yeah, sure we'll, we'll check on that when we do our previews. I think his, his three weeks has passed for sure, and so he might be on his way back potentially from yeah. returning they from could use somebody like that. Reserve. Eagles whooped up on the Detroit Lions so much for Dan Campbell's group keeping games close. They did not keep this one close at all. A couple, uh, uh, they did get on the board in the fourth quarter there, but forty-four to six. What what are the takeaways with this game, if there are any, aside from um, just an undermanned Detroit Lions football team, uh, even against a team like the Eagles, where I mean Jalen Hurts was. 9 of 14, you know. Uh, 14, not, <laughs> right. He didn't set the world on fire at all. Uh, Gardner Minshew makes an appearance in this game, 2 of 2 passing with his mustache and his sleeves with the funky cut. Um, but, yeah, like I don't even know what you take away from this game. Yeah, but this was 38 nothing going into the fourth quarter. I mean, uh, I didn't see this coming, I and I'm embarrassed, but this was the three-point spread plus three of the Lions. I put a couple bucks on the Lions' money line, and – it made me realize some of these, quote, bottom-tier teams I didn't have a very good handle on. I thought the Lions in Houston might be not horrendous. They're horrendous. Both those teams are just awful, awful, awful and may not win another game this year. Um, I'm not taking it away from the Eagles, but the Lions are that bad. Where the Jets and you know, you know, were able to do something. They're going the right direction of the, of the jump teams. Um, I don't have much of a takeaway. I don't think Goff is the answer. I think they need to address that. There's not a lot of building blocks on this team, especially on defense. But the Eagles ran the ball 46 times. <laughs> That's what I and, wanted to talk about. Like, everyone's yeah. scrambling for fantasy football running backs right now, and probably nobody started Jordan Howard, who got two touchdowns and another two touchdowns for Boston Scott. Kenneth Gainwell uh, they, it was 12, 12, and 13 for carries for those three running backs. Gainwell didn't really get much going at all, so he was, um, you know, the the big loser if, and, and probably the most likely His one were the people were starting with, with Miles Sanders in there. So that was – yeah. Um, fantasy owners probably very frustrated with the, uh, with, the, with the box score from this game. Very. I might throw a low ball offer out for Miles Sanders while he's hurt, though. Maybe this coaching staff realizes that there's value of handing the football to running backs. Maybe. Maybe. 
this is just an odd game. I mean, we could probably just move on. We can move on. Good here's, for the Eagles. And, and here's another blowout. And actually, the Texans uh, came on late and, and didn't make it look like quite the blowout. Another game that was 38-0 to going into the fourth quarter. 38-22 was the final here as the Rams at 7-1 and beat the 1-7 and Houston Texans. Right. And this game was 38 nothing going into the fourth quarter. As the Rams often do in the preseason, they're the team most likely to rest players or you know get them off the field they took everybody off the field and you know this game was over you know we saw john wolford you know the the, the, the fourth quarter didn't mean anything and this is the true definition of garbage time production for houston they got their doors blown off i mean i'm sure a lot of people didn't watch this this was the least even less competitive than eagles lions Brandy Cooks getting into the end zone. He might be on the move today. Uh, Brevin Jordan getting some uh, action there at tight end. If you're really hard up for a tight end in your fantasy football leagues, it might be time to uh, start looking that way. Uh, Brevin Jordan, three catches. Got his, I believe it was his first career touchdown. Um, Stafford, you know, on fire. It was just too easy. You know, 14 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown, 6.4 yards per carry for Daryl Henderson before, you know, getting relieved in that game. Matthew Stafford, three touchdown passes, 305 yards before getting relieved in that game, just a blowout that you would expect. Yeah, I mean, the Rams had five sacks, and now you throw Von Miller in the mix, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> Von if Miller. If I were power ranking the NFC, they might be number one. I think I would put them at number one. Yeah. The, the, there's there's some good candidates though. Oh yeah, yeah, without question, the Rams are strong. Uh, one of those teams that is not a candidate is the Seattle Seahawks. They beat the Jaguars thirty-one to seven. If I'm not mistaken, you you felt good about the Jaguars in this one, and the, the Jaguars just burning Matt Williamson left and right this year. Yeah, they sure are. And I meant to lump them in when I was talking about the bad teams a minute ago. That I took Seattle to win, but I took the Jacksonville points. And I should have my head examined. I mean, I even said, boy, do I really trust Urban Meyer to go on a massive cross-country road trip and beat Pete Carroll in Seattle? Yeah, give me the points. This, I mean, this team is rudderless. I mean, they're really in a bad spot. Seattle's still alive. I mean, three and five. Russ might be back this week. I mean, they're not quite dead yet. Good for them. They're just so further they're just so much further advanced in terms of knowing how to win in this league. And I, and I really stress that quite a bit. I was super impressed though, with how Lawrence had played up until this game. I need to watch him again, but the Jags are not in a good spot. Bad team. Yeah. And this was Bad team. a defense that Lawrence and the Jaguars should be able to do something against. And they, they really just weren't able to do much there, even though no. they tried. I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw the ball 54 times and still only mustered 238 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, on the other side, and I love this for the Seahawks, by the way, they only targeted non-Lockett and Metcalf receivers three times. One to Travis Homer <laughs> and two to Gerald Everett. And then it was 13 targets, and Tyler Lockett caught 12 of those for 142 yards, and it was DK Metcalf with six targets, catching all six of those, and had a pair of touchdowns. So, look, if you're the Seattle Seahawks, just keep doing that. Yes. I mean, they deserve a massive percentage of the target share. I would mix in a little bit of Everett. He's one of my faves, but, you know, yeah. sleeper-type tight ends. And he was wide open on a play that Geno just missed him. Um, but I, the one thing I did want to mention when I was talking about the Jags, I know you don't have a lot of talent and you're a young team and we know you're not going to win a lot of games and you're rebuilding, but they had a lot of coverage busts and mental errors. 
that that's not okay. Nope, you can't do it. That's not okay. If you're going to be a, a good team and win some football games, you, you can't have those types of mistakes for sure. Show some progress. You mm-hmm. know, don't make the don't kill yourself on top of not being talented. Where are you at with those Denver Broncos who actually won a game and got off the schneid there and then immediately traded their longtime star player in Vaughn Miller? They beat Washington at home 17-10. to Washington now falls to 2-6. and Broncos even at 4-4. Four and four. Yeah, it's a pretty competitive game. Um, Bridgewater played a little better than he did. He has lately. Heineke is turned into a pumpkin, but neither quarterback was impressive. I mean, it, it was not a very watchable game you know there was some fantasy talent out there that didn't get utilized as well as you would like Uh, I can't imagine sticking with Heineke at this point but they go into their bye they need it Uh, guys like Gibson and McLaurin can get healthier but you know Denver I think absolutely could be shopping other players Melvin Gordon to me seems like somebody would take him off your hands I would love to see Javante Williams take over that backfield um, Judy was back. Albert O was back. So just for fantasy reasons, the ball's now getting dispersed between five guys instead of three, you know, like I, I, I don't like where either one of these teams are. And, and I remember talking about the preview for this game. I said, I wanted to bet against both teams. Well, I kind of feel like I was right on that one. Right. I think you nailed that. I do not like where Washington is at all. Denver. I think we're, we just, their record is exactly what they are. I think they're just going to be a mediocre team and they're going to win some games and they're not the worst at the, the I, don't, I don't really see a playoff team here either. Um, one interesting note is with Jerry Judy making his return, Tim Patrick was actually the wide receiver not Cortland Sutton, not Jerry Judy, that led the team in snaps and in receiving yards still. And look, that was Jerry Judy's first game back. I think that might become Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Clearly post-injury is not the same guy either. But um, yeah, I don't know what what to do with, with that group with Teddy Bridgewater throwing the football You know, from a fantasy perspective. I've got Judy and Tim Patrick actually on, on a lot of teams, but I just I can't put them in the lineup because I, I just there's I, I can't you, you can't expect big numbers from from that passing game with Teddy Bridgewater. It just it is the right. way it is. And uh, I now agree they have too many that, Yeah, I agree with you with uh, the running game too. Javonte Williams probably time to let him have the job, but Melvin Gordon's better. I've really liked what I've seen from Melvin Gordon this season. If yeah, I'm a team that good. needs a running back, I'm absolutely calling the Broncos. Yeah, I mean I could come up with five teams I'm sure that could use Melvin Gordon that wouldn't have to give up much to get him. I mean, Baltimore really comes to mind, but whatever, maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow, maybe we won't, but I'm not impressed with either team. Denver's defense is probably on the cusp of being pretty bad. They played well in this game, but how much longer is that going to hold up? I I don't like the status of either one of these teams. I had some notes on the Broncos when it comes to the Von Miller trade and um, Bradley Chubb and their limited time that they got to play together and some more thoughts on the Rams in the Von Miller trade, but we don't have time today, but look post trade deadline Wednesday, let's get into those types of things. Let's hear from our listeners at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL is where to tag us to get involved with that show. Uh, we're going to power rank some AFC teams as well. So uh, plenty to talk about coming up this week and close the book on week eight right here. Peacock and Williamson.